Welcome back to another episode of A Little Too Quiet. We are in the middle of a Michigan winter, so we are talking about all the ways we can stay motivated. And we're finding out ways that we could probably do that by picking the brains of local authors and local artists, independent authors like Donald Levin, uh, who is our guest today, to see what has worked for them, because this has been you know, 10, 11 months now going on probably a year of a, of a world where we, you know, can't do the things we normally do to sort of maybe keep our mental health intact that by, you know, socializing, being out, nightlife, etc. Uh, we really need that uh, just to sort of refresh ourselves. And when we sit down to our tables to work on our novel or our work of art or whatever our craft or hobby is, it may or may not have been a little harder to get started, you know, to get into that creative space. But what we also talk about today with Don Levin, who has released several uh, books, a mystery series um, with the character Martin Proust, which we talk about, uh, what we get into today is also talking about the realities of how difficult it will be for independent authors to reach their audiences because uh, the bulk of distributing books, selling books, that usually happens in person at bookstores, at book fairs, at book signings, so normally at events. And the same would go for a local musician who would normally be at a concert, at a venue, selling merchandise directly from their merch table. So that's a reality that we have to contend with, and we talked to Donald Levin about that. We'd also talk about some of the other books he's been working on, talk about what has been working for him when it comes to a creative routine and we just always appreciate having him donald levin is an award-winning fiction writer and a poet as well who has a diverse background in writing so this is our chat with donald levin us now is Don Levin, author. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to, to be here and talk to you again. Yeah, we have been doing these podcast chats about staying motivated uh, or just keeping our creative routines because I feel like it could be a lot more challenging after eight, nine, ten months of quarantine and now with the winter setting on and we all know, you will know well how dark and gray Michigan winters can be. So, but I think we should talk about first, before you give us uh, any tips, we'd love to hear just a little bit about the book you just released, which I imagine was probably written, what was the timeline of, the, of your most recent book? When did you complete it? Tell us about it. Uh, I completed it. I, I completed the first draft uh, in the end of April. And uh, as a matter of fact, during the whole beginning part of the shutdown, I was working on the book. I was writing the book. So from huh. February on, uh, I was actually in a kind of quarantine myself oh, uh, because I was, I was getting the book finished. And then um, between rewrites and uh, sending it out to editor and getting it back and sending it out, uh, it finally um, came out on um, October 6th. Mm-hmm. I did the virtual uh, book launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's the book. Bring it on up. The House of Night. The House of Night. Yep. And this is the, uh, I guess, final entry of the of the Martin Proust series? 
Well, it's the latest entry. Okay. I, the jury's still out about if it's the final entry. Uh, <laughs> I ended it at a place where I could end the series. Um, every time I talk to people about it, they say, oh, no, you have to have another book. You have to have another book. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of in the process of deciding if I will have another book and if I do, what what's going to happen and like that. Was I mean, this might sound... I don't know if this sounds petty or not, but did that weigh on you at all emotionally when you were completing a book that may or may not have been the final entry of Martin Cruz during a quarantine? Did part of you say, well, I don't want this book that I had to write in such a challenging year to be the last book? Maybe I will write another one. Does that voice in your head? Um, not so much. Okay. Um, the the voice in my head really was... Uh, um, do I want to write another book? How can I put this? Do I do I want to write another book in a series that um, is is each book is supposed to sell more than the book before? Mm-hmm. But uh, as things are happening, each book is selling less than the book uh, that went before. So there's been a sort of diminishing returns in the in the series, and that really is the issue for me. Yeah. Um, do I want to write, uh, another book, uh, in a, in a series that's, that I like and everybody who reads it likes, mm-hmm. but, uh, isn't getting the, the sort of, uh, attention that I, I had hoped it would get and that I, I would like to have had it to get. Well, you could tell us about diversifying your creativity because you don't just write in the mystery genre. You went into the dystopia genre. Can you talk to us about that? It's true. Yeah. A year ago, um, a good friend asked me if I would like to take part in his um, project to write a, a dystopian uh, trilogy by with one piece by three different authors uh, about the end of humanity. And um, I, I have a particular fondness for dystopian literature. And I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to, to do that. So I wrote uh, my section of the book. Um, the book is called Postcards from the Future. Uh, a triptych on humanity's end. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I had so much fun writing my portion of it, which was a novella. We each wrote three novellas uh, that I thought, well, I can, I I like this world. I'd like to go back to it. So I wrote another novella uh, called The Exile. Yeah. Um, And I had started a third uh, novella that I had planned to, to put together uh, with the first two and, um, and, and combine it in a larger, a larger book with the possibility of continuing on. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're right. I have another, uh, I do have another possibility of another series, uh, uh, underway. And I've got, a, I've got some ideas for standalone books too. Okay. So, uh, it's possible that I might take a break from, uh, Bruce world and, um, and move on to something else, uh, and, and, and maybe get some juice back for, for talking about uh, going back to Martin Cruz and Toby. Sure. November was not long ago. That's National Novel Writing Month. And yes. uh, if there's anyone I can think of, it's you. If I could just ask for, I guess, maybe if you wanted to give people tips about your own tricks for getting through the, I mean, very long and sort of challenging and sort of <laughs> juggling uh, effort that is a novel. There's a lot to, to do there. So when you're yeah. getting started whether it is mystery or dystopia or anything, what works for you? What's your routine? Um, Well, everybody has to have their own routine. And um, my routine is based on a a long life as a, as a writer. Um, And I know uh, just from my experience that you can't wait for inspiration. You've got to, the inspiration comes with the work. You've got to sit down and actually be there every day uh, and, and move it forward. 
Someone told me a long time ago when I was first starting out writing that uh, a novel is really a marathon uh, and you, you, you have to really, you know, prepare for that. So that's why I'm not I'm not wild about uh, National Novel Writing Month as, yeah. a, as a concept. It's I too have to concentrated. Say. Yeah, I, I'm kind of cranky that way, but uh, <laughs> it's not how I work. The books that I write take maybe three or four months uh, to write. Uh, I know that some people need that concentration and they need that focus and they need that impetus to finish the book. But um, not, that's that's just not how I work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I worry that the people who, who don't finish nas- a novel in National Novel Writing Month start to feel bad about it because it's really an unnatural thing to do. Um, <laughs> it should be noted. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But you got to keep pushing it forward. Yeah. Um, you know, that's uh, that's that's really the most important part. You have to write every day. Um, you And I have a quota. So I have a thousand word quota. And usually I, I go well beyond that. But sometimes it really strains to get uh, to a thousand words. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing to remember about a draft is that the most important thing is to get it written. Uh, because you can always go back and, and 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 edit. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do anyway. I think that's key. People think or might be under the illusion that it needs to be perfect when it hits the page right. for the first time. That's right. That's right. And it never is. Right. It never is. Uh, I Someone uh, gave the analogy of uh, when you do a first draft, you get all the sand into the sandbox. And then uh, when you start the second draft in the revisions, then you can start to make your castle. Because mm-hmm. um, I always find that I... I I really don't know what the novel was really about until I'm actually done with it. And then I can go back and, and craft and, and frame and uh, do all those good things. I have a two-part question. I guess it would be, are the things that usually work for you in terms of your routine, whether it is the time of day you write or however you write, are they, have they still been working for you despite all this rough year that we've had? And if they have or haven't, what are those routines? Well, uh, the routines are, you know, I used to write in um, in local libraries. Uh, You've seen me in the Ferndale Library and I, you know, I would write in the Berkeley Library. And uh, before all the construction, I would write in the Royal Oak Library Um, just because it's a it's a way for me to get away from uh, the distractions of the house and really focus on um, on what I'm doing. And of course, the you know, the the libraries were all closed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as it happens, uh, when the when the shutdown started, we were in Florida, so uh, we were going to be down in Florida um, and come back in March, uh, and and that you know everything was closed in Florida, everything was closed up here, so we decided to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did essentially what I would do up here down there, except in a different time frame. Uh, I I would typically go to the library in the morning and work through maybe four or five o'clock. And uh, because of the way the activities were um, were, were uh, unfolded down there, I didn't get to really sit down until the afternoon. But I, I I did the same thing, you know. As the Brits say, needs must. You you do what you you do what you have to do. So basically, for February, March, and April, I was uh, I was writing. I was finishing the draft, uh, and then uh, at the end of April, it was finished. And then uh, in May, I really started the, the heavy revisions on it. So it didn't th- that part of the uh, of the writing process really wasn't affected by the shutdown. Uh, for for me, and I know for many people, the the, the thing that the shutdown really affected um, was the opportunity to sell the books. Um, you know, everything was everything was closed. Uh, all the book fairs 
that I would typically go to mm -hmm. uh, in the spring and summer and fall uh, were all shut down mm -hmm. uh, were canceled. Um, and that's where I, I, I wound up selling a lot of the books. And when it came time to do the book launch in, in October, um, I decided that it was, it was going to be too risky to have an in-person book launch. So I did a virtual book launch, um, which worked out well in some ways and worked out um, not as well in other ways. I mean, the, the reach of it, because it was on Facebook, it was through Facebook, the reach of it was, um, was really phenomenal. I got people you know, from Florida and people all around the country who were, who were tuning in because we were here for that. Right. Um, but the sales were not, uh, were not as good as they were in, uh, in in-person events. Yeah. And that's um, a, that is a reality that yeah. independent authors, independent artists, uh, yeah. it, it's what can we even say about it other than it, it being an uncertain future and an uncertain yeah. winter. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, we're all holding on yeah. and, uh, and, and hoping for the best really mm -hmm. for, for next year. Mm-hmm. But is there something about writing? I guess I've never asked you this question, and it's a general question. The fulfillment that you find from writing, does it still there, whatever that specific fulfillment is? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's there in the writing. And, you know, as I get older uh, and as I, as I think about uh, publication and what publication means, it becomes clearer and clearer to me that, the fulfillment comes in, in the work itself, uh, not, in, not in the reception necessarily, uh, even though it would be nice to, you know, have, have books that are well received, uh, and sell. But, um, the, the real value of the activity is in the doing of it. So, um, it's still there. Yeah. The, 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 the hard part is really looking beyond the doing of it to asking yourself what's going to happen next. Yeah. It, uh, that's really the, that's the key. It's such a trick. It's like you're in three different mindsets at once, uh, yeah, meditating right. on the fulfillment of just the work, but then meditating on the future and then you're meditating on, on what you do next. So, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And that's the point I am at now because I've, I finished the book and I'm sort of emptying out from it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the question I'm asking myself is what comes next. And as I end this podcast, I just think that, I mean, it's great just to hear your words saying that the work is what matters no matter what. And if we get into the winter, I think anyone should feel compelled to try writing a book. It's going to be a, we all know winter lasts four months in Michigan, five months sometimes. That's right. It could be fulfillment even if you just complete something. Um, yeah. No matter where. And even, even if, you know, if, if you try it and you think, well, I'm, I'm no good at this, it doesn't matter. You know, it's the, it's the doing of it that really makes the difference. Yeah. It's the, the changed quality of mind and the changed quality of yourself that uh, happens as a result of, of actually doing the writing of it. Yeah. That's the, that's the important part. That's, that's the part that gets lost, I think, a lot of times. Right. Well, uh, Don, we so much appreciate having you on this podcast. And uh, anybody listening or watching should, should know that this library just wants to, I guess, tout the importance of supporting our local authors and our local artists, because this is a as we said, an uncertain time and uh, the extremely famous or extremely rich authors and artists out there, they're going to be fine. And I think we need yeah. to remember our locals, our indies. We got to we got to we got to stay connected. So we appreciate right. we appreciate you sharing thoughts about your, your routine and, and what's worked for you. Thank you. Dan. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. It's great to talk to you as always. 
And that was Donald Levin, Ferndale's own, a local author, independent author, with several books published, including The House of Night, uh, most recently released just in October of 2020, the Martin Proust series. But uh, we will link in the uh, show notes, we will link to Donald Levin's website so you can learn more about him and find more of his works. We appreciate you tuning into this podcast where we're just talking about ways we can stay motivated and what has been working for our local authors like Don Levin. My name is Jeff Milo. I'm the host of this podcast, A Little Too Quiet. It is the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the Friends of the Ferndale Library. And the music is provided by local musicians like John Duffy of the band Pato y Pato, and as well by Chad Stalker, who is a member of the band The High Strung. Both of these are independent local indie bands, so also worth supporting. We'll have them in the show notes as well. This is a little too quiet, and thank you for listening.